The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by NervousWater.com. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Reels and Portland Fly Lines. Power Pole. Total Boat Control. Kenna Fly Apparel. From time on the water to you. Beast Brushes. We stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Welcome back to another episode of the Intermediate Line, folks. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Volts. I'm Chris. Welcome back for another episode. Hope you enjoyed the last one. I did. You did. Did you, Volts? I loved it, mate. It was good. Um, it was so good getting some great feedback, too. Uh, this job doesn't really pay that good, but one of the uh, one of the upsides is is uh, getting positive feedback from people. And you know what? If it can help someone get off on the, on the right foot and shorten the learning curve and getting connected sooner then uh, it makes me feel fantastic. So, um, yeah, for those people who sent us PMs and left messages on the page, that was great. Thank you. Yeah, had a little bit of feedback. Um, one, one of the things I got feedback was was the way that the poster was worded. And I want to put it into context and say that it was a starting out special, not starting out special, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, one, no one started out special. On the other side, we both came into it special, but this was a starting out special. Yeah. I hope that's clear as mud. Yeah, just just not average. That's what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> look, it turns out that it was it was one of our one of our highest downloaded shows in the first week. Um, it goes to show that uh, you know there's a there's an interest in 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 um in uh, the rudimentary aspects of, of fly fishing, which is pretty cool. We like to talk about it and like to help people out and get people connected. Like I said, like you said, I meant to say, I'm not you, you're you. It could be that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've never been seen in the same room together, so let's face it, it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thanks for the feedback, guys, and thanks for the download. Really, really appreciate it. We've got a great show tonight, too, which we'll get into soon, I'm sure. Yeah, man. What have you been up to this week? Heaps, man. Heaps. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Beast Brushes is, is, is a beast. It's pumping at the moment, which is really good. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. I see you've been really active in the crab space. 
crabs. We are crab people now, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pumping out a lot of crabs. So, yeah, it's um, just making them. There's been heaps going around Australia, shitloads, in fact, to the point where, you know, it's working every day um, doing that and about to go around the world too, which is great. Yeah, right. Okay. Got a lot of designs in the pipeline. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, a few people have asked what happened with uh, with Streamer, man. Like, you seem to have uh, moved on and improved on yeah, the design. Yeah, good question, mate. I'm I'm glad you brought it up actually, because I guess I guess this um, I can refer people back to this podcast when the question comes up with me. Look, um, yeah, we were the Australian agent for Streamart. People probably know that. You know, we we brought that into Australia. Um, Contrary, uh, you know, with, with a lot of people that didn't like them, uh, stuck with them, proved them, but um, and wanted to keep working with Streamart. But over the last year or two, he's just started to take about six months to get to orders, um, fill them, which is a long time. Um, and eventually, he just stopped answering emails and messages. Um, conversely, I spoke to the uh, the US agent for them today, and he said the same thing. So I think um, I think it became too much for him. So um, we just picked up the ball and ran with it from there. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, look, um, I see that you've got, you got a, a newish fly design out there and uh, more colours in the pipeline too. Yep, so we redesigned redesigned the Moon Crab. As you know, Vols, you were involved in the... You and I were both involved in that Moon Crab. We just got Streamart to make it. Um, mm. You know, like, as you... Right, that's fair enough to say, right? Yeah, yeah, well, that, yep. that was the genesis of the conversation, you know. Yep. Hey, man, you should get him to do a Moon Crab. You know, we found some photos. I've got a video on my Insta page. Yeah, you know, went, went yeah. back and forth. He showed us something and not like that. I ran it past you. Do you like it? No, I don't like it. We, you know, it was all that sort of stuff. So, essentially, got him to make um, our design. Um, but we learned a lot from it from fishing it over the last what has it been like fucking four years or something now, I suppose. And learned a lot. And now I've got the ability um, to redesign and, and manufacture it here. Took the opportunity to build on what we've learned from in, uh, input from um, people like yourself and other people that have. You know, been fishing them for a while and understand the hydrodynamics and we just enhanced what made them so good uh and i really think that they've been better so that new design for the moon crab in particular they've been out for two weeks it's already caught about six permit from various places around the world around the country not the world so it's been mm. pretty good yeah i see uh i see paul in Mackay's sort of come up with a bit of a a different slant on things he had put a nice photo up where he was uh trying something different what was he trying different he uh, he put it put some little stands on it to make it stand. Oh, I don't think he's caught fish on that, but yeah, I did see that. Um, he's basically made a um, a defensive crab looking thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I guess at the end of the day, opinions of humans don't really matter. It's only the fish that eat it. It's opinions that, that count. And um, I mean, just I mean that's why Paul sticks with um with those designs. Uh. Fuck man, the dude had a cracky year last year. There's, there's like I think it's fair to say hundreds of permit have eaten that design. Um, and like I said, with the articulations and the, and the bigger swim fins and the thinner flated out ones, we've just made it a better, better design now. Based on guys who've caught bucket loads, it's been great. It's great mm-hmm. having a community like that to be able to input into it. It's a team effort for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the benefit of having an active um, communication network. You get people different try things theories um you know you get a cross pollination of ideas and um everyone benefits eh? yeah that's right what's you know it's really exciting for australia and australian fly fishing is that um 
we're about to export this right around the world. Like uh, on the last podcast, I think I said that the pattern's going to be available around the world. Just ask your shop. In the two week time that's taken for us to finish recording that show to now, mm-hmm. yeah, there's I'm I'm not going to speculate, but there's a, there's a lot of shops in the states, Europe, uh, New Zealand, just to, just to start off with that are um that are about to start start going to be in the shops, which is fucking great, mate. There's not many Australian fly fishing products. I think we should I think as as Australians we should all be proud and get behind, um, you know this this Australian innovation essentially, and um. Because, like I just said, there's nothing, hardly anything that comes out of Australia that's accepted in a, in a fly fishing community globally. I can't think yeah. of too much at all, if any. Mm, okay. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yep. Good luck all with sta- that, man. All started here, uh, which is just a bit a bit mind-boggling, to be honest with you. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, other big news we, we'd be remiss we'd not to talk about. And yeah. In case you haven't been living, you've been living under a rock. You would have missed the fact that Powerpole have brought out a giant killer of a trolling motor. Giant have you seen killer. it? I've seen the videos, man. There's some really cool features. Hey, um, yep, yeah. So if in no particular order, it's uh, it's tougher, it's quieter, it's lighter, well, it's bigger, well, stronger. Yeah, well, you're sort of skimming a few few things there, but um, but yeah, you're right with all that sort of stuff. We can we can run through those sort of things, but um, look, it's for people that people know. There's been rumours of Powerpole bringing out trolling mounted for a few years now, and they've been taking a long time to get it out. And I know that um, with us dealing with Powerpole, how meticulous they are as far as quality and uh, and performance go. I mean, the name Powerpole is synonymous with 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 great customer service and obviously the quality of their products. This um, this trolling motor they've called Move is no, is no different. So, look, I guess right off the start, we could start with you know, some of the basics. But I mean, when we get through this, you'll see that it's it's pretty incredible. It makes it makes the top of the line Minko to look like a water snake, right? It's um it's pretty good. Wow. Okay. It's a big so call, what? isn't it? But I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, if if you're into the the tech, like, if you use your trolling motor as a, as like, if you can't function without a trolling motor on your boat. You already know the benefits of of, um, of a high quality model, or um, or someone who's going to make something with all the all the bells and whistles, and the benefits of that. Powerpole have got that covered for sure, and some. So, uh, the one thing that um, that that's different between them and other other brands, I suppose, it starts off at twenty four volt. So they've got a twenty four volts and a thirty six voltsy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't. I should stop making. Uh, comparisons between you and the new Powerpole trolling motor, mate. I know that um, you copped a little bit online that w- in regards to a thoughtless post someone made on our internet line page. Um, no, yeah, I know. sorry. I was trying to be complimentary, you know, to on start the Facebook with... page. Yeah, I just didn't re- reply to it, man. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my family and friends didn't get notifications that I'm getting slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, mate, I tried to be. I mean, like this thing's a beast of a motor, and you're a beast of a human. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> the parallels are clear for all to see. <laughs> I thought I wouldn't be a very good friend if I didn't point out this stuff. I mean, last last show I pointed out how far you can cast during the week. I pointed out how broad your shoulders are, mate. You're a, you're a genetic specimen. You said solid unit, man. People so, need yeah. to know. Well, that's the same thing, right? Solid yeah. unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for the for the uh, uh, appreciation and uh, and the positive body speak. It was great. Yeah, so, I thought yeah. so. <laughs> Those people are just bastards, Vols. You don't listen to them. Oh, no, 
<laughs> so people would have <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, people, people would have seen that the models come out in a, in a black and a and a white unit. Also, um, a pivot and a scissor model. By that I mean um, the scissor, like um, uh, I actually don't know how to describe that one. Like the like the freshwater. It's not a freshwater motor, but it's like the ones they put on the bass boats with that big long frame. The pivot ones are what interests me, because because is what I'm used to with the um with the with the Tarovas and stuff, and and that is that is not unlike the um the deployment of that to look at, but very different all the same. It's got it's got a self deployment function with it, right? So you don't need to bend over to deploy it anymore. Like it's uh, I don't exactly know how it works. It's quite vague. There's not a lot of information with it because it only came out on the weekend. Um, mm. But uh, but essentially you can stand over it and you can you can you can kick a button. Or something with your foot, and it will spring up in your hand, and you can and you can push it down to the level you want to have it at. I, I believe it's something like that. I can be, I could be um, butchering it, but that's something like that. Um, it comes with two charges. Both of them are waterproof. Both of them float. Um, it's got an optional foot foot wireless. It's all wireless. Optional wireless. You said two pedal. charges, two two controls. Did I say charges? Did I? Yeah, man. You said charges. Oh. You obviously got volts on your mind. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, right. I don't mean charge. I meant remote control. Close, but yeah. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> actually, um, that's what I was writing down in my notes. Is the remote control has got a holder that, like, you can stow your remote control on. That also, like, is like a wireless charging dock, which charges the remote as well. Oh, right. That's pretty cool. Pretty, it is very cool. You got an optional wireless foot pedal, which which wouldn't interest me, but it's also mm. got optional um, wireless um, anchor lock stomp pads have you seen them i did see an image of that it looked uh looked super cool i didn't see the image what what what, what did it look like well they're wireless it, they're, imagine something about the size it's hard to imagine like I, i'm i'm thinking it's around the size of 50 cent piece maybe a little bit bigger right maybe yeah maybe like the actual bit that you touch with your foot or your toe the, the pressure pad might be about the size of 50 cent piece with a with a slightly broader, you know, collar around it. But anyway, and and that is um, wireless, so it's obviously got a battery in it, and yep. you can position it where you want on your front deck. So, you know, if you're a right foot or a left foot kick, kicker or whatever, um, and, every, you know, everyone sort of likes to stand in different spots as triple line in different spots as fly fishermen. So, yeah, from that point of view, it, you know, you could move them around and you just – Tap, tap it with your foot i'm assuming yeah do a spot lock and man that's heaps cool because like i'm just picturing you know myself cruising along a you know a rocky shoreline looking for a tusky there's one bang you know rather than fumbling around for the um for the remote control and you know making sure i hit the um hit the spot lock button rather than the hair button um you know <laughs> yeah the, the bunny yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and um did i say hair you did say hair, but I just thought because of your because of who you are, I just wanted yeah. to be clear that it was a rabbit button, not no. a hair button. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it could be a hair button, but when when the word hair comes out of your mouth, a lot of people think pelt. The pelt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The pelt. So button. We, we see the the button with the ra- with the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the rabbit button, and uh, rather than the, than the anchor button, you could be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that tusky. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited through, about that. Yeah, yeah, let's run through a few more facts before we get our guest on. But um, uh, one of the things is it's, um, look, the whole thing's completely waterproof, which you would expect. Um, 
it's the whole unit 100% is American made. There's nothing that's made in in um, other countries. Um, they're using uh, the technology they're using for their anchor lock system is state of the art. Like nothing, been told it's like nothing we've ever seen before. It's um it's a company they they use um technology they're using from ProNav, which apparently is a like a drone technology that they use for like keeping drones completely still in high winds, things like that. They're using the same technology to keep their motor where it is. Um, but get this, like they they got a, like a 30 30 30 thing they got going on here, and one is that it's 30 percent. These motors are above the market leader of all trolling electric motors in the world at the moment, the highest level you can think of before the power pole. It's 30 percent more efficient in on battery use. It's 30 percent lighter. That's huge. And the and the thing that's that strikes me is it's 30 percent faster. How's that? Yeah. Have you have you seen the video of that of that skiff cruising across the flat? On on yeah. on the on the pelt button with um with the power pole button, power literally power pelting along the flat. It's incredible, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It looks so it looks so fast. It's not funny. Like it's the speed is what in, in, entices me as well. It's got other features as well. It's they say it's a hundred percent quiet in and out of the water. Like you know that motors like you'll make that grinding noise. It'll reverberate around the whole boat whether you're a glass or tinny. But this thing is completely quiet and completely 100% silent in every facet of its um, um, operation. It's got the steering box has got like a planetary gear set up. So, um, so we've been told that it's a fa- it's it's designed as a failsafe. If something goes wrong in the sta- in the um, in the steering box, you can still fish the rest of the day before you need to repair. It won't it won't leave the motor's got that many failsafes in it that it won't leave you stranded apparently. It's uh, it's techno- it's designed for that aspect of it. It's got a three-year warranty, which is another year more warranty than anything else on the market. Um, it's got a um, a titanium titanium shaft. Shaft. Uh, yep. Yep. Did you um, do you remember that it's uh, bushless, brushless? Brushless. Sorry? Yeah, it's a brush. Yeah. Sorry, it's a brushless motor. Yep, as well, which is pretty impressive as well. Um, the other thing is, it's got a um, an LED display that you can set instead of just going like one, two three like on 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 other remotes or other motors you mm. can set it in kilometers per hour for australians to be like doing you know three kilometers an hour four kilometers an hour six whatever you know and it's not it's no longer in miles per hour or anything like that so it's um uh it's tunable to to regions as well but um but the, the led display is on the uh on the unit which is which is pretty good yeah crazy yeah so You'll see, like I said earlier, you'll see a black and a white model. Unlike other brands, both there's, they're both they're both saltwater compatible as well. So there's no freshwater and saltwater model. Okay, so they're both 100% saltwater compatible units, and both the scissor and the pivot lift both come in black or white as well. So you can have, yeah, so you can have a saltwater capable black motor if if you think dropping a white leg in the water is going to be uh, not as stealthy as black or what have you, you know, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever gives you the confidence. But um, all around, the way it reads is a pretty impressive unit, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it does. I like how they've started literally at, um, you know, at, the, at ground, design something new from the ground up. So um, it's pretty important. I, I can't wait to see one. Yeah, yep, yep. Look, I mean, I, I'm sure that the... 
the power pole factory and office looks like an ant farm at the moment after the weekend. I was speaking to Troy from Min Repairs. If you're interested in, if you're interested in getting this in Australia, um, I don't know how far Troy's rich. I know he does some some short overseas stuff, perhaps New Zealand or um, Vanuatu. I think he does stuff too as well. But uh, anyway, if you're interested in Oceana sales for this uh, for anything power pole, uh, contact Troy Troy from Min Repairs, or as we like to call him, Des Des Troy. Just ri- I'll tell you what, ring up if you want if you want <laughs> you want to get his attention. Say I'd like to. Ri- Can I speak to Des, please? <laughs> he loves being called destroy. <laughs> you did well with that one, Volts. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who we got tonight, man? <laughs> so. We have got a, uh, a young dude from um, from Western Australia, or more specifically from Exmouth. His name is Brody Sutton. He's um, he's making some pretty big uh, inroads into um, into fly fishing, getting some great captures, and he's also one of the one of the new up and coming guides in the area. Um, I just want to double check because there's a couple of business names that are quite similar to his, but I just want to get it right. But Shallow Water Safaris is. Um, is Brody's operation, and uh, I don't know a great deal past what I've seen on social media about Brody's operation, so I'm keen to learn a little bit more tonight in regards to that. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he sort of emerged over the last you know couple of years, and it it's been great uh, you know watching him um, catch some catch some cool fish for himself and the clients. It's been really good. Yeah, yeah, he gets some good fish for himself, that's for sure. Yeah, and the clients, but I mean, it's just impressive to. I think it's really impressive to watch a guide. Um, I mean, there's plenty of guides in Australia that do this, but I mean, like that they catch a lot of fish themselves. Do you know what I mean as well? Um, I mean, there's 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 guys that do, there's guys that, that that do, and there's guys that don't. There's guys that work so much that they don't get a chance to fish, but there's definitely guys that don't fish all year round and still don't catch fish. But um, Brody's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let's yeah. get him on, man. I reckon we're faced with that's that being the only option, two volts. I'm gonna um, <laughs> I'm gonna move forward in that direction, and um, we're going to add him to the call. Just a moment while I dick around and getting this ready, okay? okay. Well, we're back, folks, and we're joined here with Brody, Mr. Brody Sutton. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Mate, I'm doing well. And usually That's at this good. point I speak on behalf of Volts, and I say he's doing okay as well. A little bit of a tummy <laughs> ache, but he's good. Yeah. yeah. Ate too much. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Brody. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, Brody, for those that... um. Sorry, my mic uh, increased in volume there for a I'll just correct that. Now, for those that want to play along at home, let's get off on the right foot here and let's talk about where people can see you on social media. So in case we're talking about stuff and they want to see it as they're going, where can they find you? Um, so I have Instagram, just my own. Um, it's just my name, Brody Sutton. And also um, on our new business that... Um, my old boy and I have just recently founded, which is Shallow Water Safaris. Um, yep. You can find find us 
or contact details at either one of those. Right, okay. So, right. So for those playing at home, go and check that out and um, we'll let the conversation begin. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, look, mate, where where are you operating this out of? Um, so Exmouth Western Australia is the right. new operation. Yeah. Right, okay, cool. Um, I've never been to Exmouth. Is it, um, is it a big place? Um, it's definitely expanding pretty rapidly, yeah. It's not obviously a big town or anything, but it's it's definitely growing, yeah. Yeah. You've been there, Volts, haven't you? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times, eh? Um, I loved Exmouth. It's, it, for someone who hasn't been there, if, if I was going to describe it as sort of like a desert next to a beautiful ocean, um, you know, one side's got a reef. Uh, it's It's got so many options there with the fishing. It's, it's hard to imagine something that isn't there. I guess um, we even caught flathead. Um, there's brim, brim there. It's you amazing. Like brim? Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, Chris, you might like it. There's no bass there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done I've done everything in my power to not fish for bass in the last year, and it still comes up. <laughs> Can't shake the tag, freshwater Chris. Can I? No. Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you had to hear that, Brody. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, yeah, Exmouth sounds like a place that um that, that I would like to get to to avoid bass, which sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Brody, look, mate, um, have you grown up in Exmouth? Is that is that a place that you've been there your whole life? Um, I wasn't born here, but definitely grew up here. Yeah, I've been here for about twenty years now. Okay, do you, um, do you mind if I ask uh, how many laps you've done around the sun? Uh twenty nine. Okay, cool, mate. So, it's, um, so you moved there as a as a as a, as a young fella, uh, a real young fella, yeah. Yeah, okay. So your developmental years as a as a fisherman um, have been in Exmouth, right? Or did you do much fishing um, prior? No, nah, so I was born <clears throat> down in Bunbury and did a fair bit of fishing and camping just in the like in the greater south. Yep. Um, my old boy always loved fishing, so we always go camping for like the salmon run or um, just in the river or something like that. Just the usual um, species targets down there, like brim and flathead, sambo, salmon. So that's kind of <clears throat> where it all started. Yep. Mm. It must have been like a, a kid in a toy shop, though, moving to Exmouth then. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty big change, to be honest. It was yeah. good, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, in many ways, but... But even just with the fishing, like it must have just been. I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's nowhere nowhere in Australia that's uh, you know you got to hide your lure or fly or bait to tie it on for the fish jumping out of the water and grabbing it. But uh, you know, it must have been a less populated area compared to where you were, especially back then. There, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the the fishery. I, I... Yeah. Sorry, Brody. I'm... You go, mate. Yeah. I'm rudely interrupted. Go. No, you're right. Um, the fishery back, kind of when we moved back up, was, yeah, it's pretty wild. It is still, obviously, an incredible place, but, um, yeah, back then, it's just like anywhere else, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, fairly untouched. Yeah. 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 What, yeah, no. what I was going to uh, what I was going to say was like for for a lot of junior fishermen the um, 
uh, the the progression goes from like bait to lure to to fly. Was that um, was that your sort of order of events, mate? Your development? Um, no, when we first when we first moved up here, we were pretty well straight into the flats, and I just loved it from a super young age. It was okay. all conventional, all conventional. Yeah. Um, when I was a young fella, so just sight casting to queens and stuff on spin, but so that's where I think fly eventually was the natural progression. Natural progression, yeah. Um, having a ta- yeah. target-rich environment is pretty, pretty conducive yeah, exactly. for rapid development, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, hundred <clears> percent. <throat> it's it's just for the listeners who are listening in. It sounds like you've got a flock of seagulls behind you there, mate. Have you got a box of hot chips or something near you or something? Is what's oh. going on? Nah, it's, it's really windy in the uh, neighbours. Um, the neighbours' clothesline's swinging, so. Oh, I would never would have guessed that in a million years. I I really thought that was seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Look, uh, okay. So that's interesting, mate. So, what around around nine ten when you when you got there, you were already, already pumping the flats with lures and stuff. How long did it take you to get into fly fishing? Um, I actually didn't pick up fly until about five years ago, four or five years ago. Oh yeah. I, I really don't know why. Like, I was interested in it for a fairly long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, what were you... Uh, I, sorry, mate. Um, once I started seeing a bit more of it and then watching lots of videos and then got the first rod and then get your first fly time kit, it's kind of just down from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Volts, you, did you have a, um, an inquiry yeah, lined yeah. up? <laughs> I was just going to ask, what, what was your, you know, your early reasoning and your first steps, um, and what, what sort of challenges did you face? Um, I think starting off was, I guess, the challenges that everyone faces, just learning to cast and um, like approaching fishing a flat or fishing to fish a different way. Um, yeah. Did you did you have much of uh, any any mentors in that aspect, or were you you know living in a remote part of Australia, learning how to cast uh, by yourself? Um, a friend of mine and I picked it up pretty well at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of bounced off each other, watching lots of videos and stuff, but then just meeting people along the way, yeah, get into it a bit more, and um, yeah, yeah, okay. How did you find um, teaching yourselves between two? Having someone to watch you must have accelerated the learning process as opposed to, well, someone of the same level even, as opposed to just trying to, well, hard to compare learning it to yourself when you've got someone te- helping you. But uh, how did you find it? Um, looking back at it now, it's pretty difficult. Like, it wasn't until I started fly fishing with people that were already, like, had learnt properly I guess mm. um, and you start to notice your own bad habits um, and you can start to change them quite quickly when you're around other people that are like talented casters and um, yeah yeah and then you start getting tips and yeah yeah I think I think that's probably a, um, a pretty common progression for a lot of people I mean most people you're pretty fortunate to be have someone else to start with who is interested in it and um, is that person still with it, by the way? Um, sorry, man. 
Is that person still fly fishing, by the way? Who I was fly fishing with? Yeah, who you started with? Um, a little bit, not not really, no. Okay. Well, I was just no. going to say that, you know, it's a pretty normal process. I mean, progress, I reckon, for people to be either learning by themselves, usually, I guess, and that's where it led me to say you were pretty lucky to have someone to learn with you, but um, eventually you're going to fish with someone who's, who's been doing a lot longer and, yeah, that, that's where that's the progression of it. I really tell you, I, I would be interested to know um, how someone would go in complete isolation for for you know for five six years of fly fishing. What they what they'd be like? I guess if they were hunting for food, they'd probably be pretty skinny. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely you definitely have to. I definitely have to learn to accept not catching fish for a while. Yeah, yeah, um, know, yeah. And cut the tires with ta- the want to take a spin rod. I think that was the next progression as well, because you would always take a spin rod and a fly rod. And Mate, you had to go leave that at home and just fish fly. I think any beginners, anyone who listened to our last episode, which was the beginner episode, who's, who's you know, maybe heard of us for the first time and now listening to the second one to see what these idiots are about, that's the best thing you're going to be able to take away from someone with experience right now with, with what you just said there, Brody. So it's, um, that's yeah, great yeah. that you shared that, mate. <clears throat> I think a lot of people would, would benefit of that for sure. Because that's, um, that's the hardest thing with, with fly fishing is leaving the crutch at home and, and, and accepting mm. eating shit for a while. A hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Leave, leave the excuse at home. Just embrace, <laughs> embrace the suck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. You're still catching fish. It's just that you're not catching it because we said on the last podcast that if you're coming to fly fishing, you're generally coming from a, a a place of being a competent conventional fisherman. You're used to catching fish and you know how to you know fill a bag limit probably pretty quickly because you're leading on to progress your fishing into a into a different style of fishing. So that's the frustrating part is that uh, you've gone from being uber successful to right back at the start again. So yeah. That's, that's it, it is complete. It is completely different, and it's a new thing. I still, yeah. obviously, really like really enjoy fishing spin, but yeah. I definitely, I definitely rather take a fly rod out. Yeah, sure. I think I think that's a pretty fair approach. I think the moment that anyone stops enjoying fishing of, of all forms, uh, that's when it gets pretty sad. Really, uh, you know, yeah. you might prefer to fly fish hundred percent of the time. But you can't if you if you stop appreciating all forms of fishing, that's really where it's um where it, where it breaks down in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, okay. So you've been you've been fly fishing for about, you know, like five five years or so. Mate, um you must have been um pretty excited to have the prospect of, of um starting up a guiding operation from, from such a short time. Yeah, for sure. It's um, always been like a, a bit of a dream of mine to do something like that. So, yeah. Um, whether whether it was fly fishing or spin fishing, like a sports fishing um, operation. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's been a long time in the making. To be honest, a couple of years now. Yeah. Okay. What's been the um, the most difficult part of uh, of setting up? Boat, for sure. The, the boat. Yeah, getting getting a builder to getting an Aussie builder to build something in two C survey was the hardest. Yeah, right. Okay. Very what did interesting. What you end up with, mate? What boat did you end up um, with? A Benito. 
560 Benito. Okay. <clears throat> that's yeah. from um, from over our way, isn't it, from the East Coast? Yeah, far off Queensland, the young fella, Adam. <clears throat> yep. Um, boat builder, yeah. It's a well, long way in, over to there. They're in far north <laughs> Queensland now. I didn't realise yeah. that. They're from the Gold yeah. Coast originally. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty well done now. Um, oh, it is It is done. It should have been on the ship to come over end of last end of this week or it'll be mid next week on the ship and then we have a few weeks for the boat to get to Rio port and then we'll drive to perth and pick the boat up and do some final survey stuff in perth and, and oh we're wow. good to go very yeah. exciting so so um well uh, shallow water safaris right yeah so it's um it's 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 in place in principle but it's, it's are you operating yeah, you're not operating, or you're, are you operating now? Have yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Um, I've had I've had a week charter already, and have a booking at the end of this at the end of this month, and then um, our boat will be here by then, and then further bookings will be on that vessel. But there is a um, a family friend of ours in town had um, actually Al Donald's old boat. Oh yeah, Gale Force. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a true true line. Oh, you used yeah. to have a golf horse yeah. when you lived in Sunshine Coast. That's right. Yeah. Right, gotcha. Was that, was that like turquoisey greeny true line? I know the yeah. one. So, yeah, we really... were able to. Yeah, go. On. Able to borrow that just for the first first one. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's what. Yeah. It's, yeah. So operating out of a out of a family friend's boat in the meantime until the Bonito rocks yeah. up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, nice man. Like I was going to be confused because there's some great. For those who are following along, they'll notice some great photos on on the Shallow Water Safaris page already. You know, so it's um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so Brody, what sort of species would we expect to catch if we um made the journey to Exmouth? Um, so you have a, quite a large range of species. Um, mm-hmm. depending if you're fishing in the Exmouth Gulf or um in the Ningaloo Reef. Oh yeah. Um, there's yeah, lots of different species of trevally, um, obviously queenfish, giant herring, um, depending on the side, bonefish, spangos, <clears throat> and large amount of billfish. Um, yeah, lots of yeah, cool. lots of different stuff. Yeah, um, my 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 um, main targets pretty well tuskies. That's yeah. really what I like. Oh yeah, yeah, they're my favourites too, man. Yeah, so I'm just, I was going to sit back for a bit. <clears throat> Here we yeah, go. yeah. So, <laughs> tell me, man, what do you what do you like about chasing tuskies? What's what's the uh, what's the major appeal for you? Um, big electric bluefish swimming down a flat, coming to a shallow flat, and you just see this giant tail wagging out of the water. The way they eat, they roll mm. on your fly. Um, yeah, it's just the ultimate visual flat species, I think, in my opinion. Oh yeah, man, I, I get that. They're totally exhilarating for me. I I don't get tired of it. Um, you know, my, I, when I'm away doing my annual trip with a mate, we um, we probably chase those in preference to you know um, a lot of other things. You know, I don't want to make the comparison to permit because it's probably be unpopular, but you know, we that's probably the focus for us. Um, I I just like how there's there's so much variation in where you find them, um, how you find them. How they eat, yeah. Um, how they fight, like getting them to bite was one thing, but winning the fights totally another. Um, 100%. You know, <laughs> they'll play with your mind, they'll break your tackle, they'll break your heart. 
Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty good, you know. Um, we, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk talk about myself too much, but we've we've got it down to a number of flies where we fish. But um, yeah. how have you found them? Like, if, if I was going to say to you, without giving too much of a game away, are you a you're a shrimp or a crab guy, or you got a fairly flexible approach? Um, I usually like crabs. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely fish crabs for them. Yeah. Um, I, I've had, I, you, I mean, I don't fish shrimps with them very much, so that's, that'll be why I haven't had much success, but, yeah. um, yeah, people definitely do have a lot of success on shrimps for them, so yeah, up here, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I find it a little bit, um, almost spot, not say spot specific, but, you know, I seem to have better, better luck in some spots, more eats in, in some spots on on shrimps than I do on crabs, um, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, so you know, there's there's that. Um, our mate um, Dill, he ties a, ties a really mean um, tan shrimp, and I, I like yeah. like uh, like one of his. It's no secret. Um, his his yeah, full on. brown, his full brown double kill, BGDC is yeah. my <laughs> favourite one to try. It's pretty good, about the size of a five or ten cent piece. You know, probably a ten cent piece seems to. Seems to get a oh, lot of the bigger, that that bigger one. He does. Yeah, right. He does like a a one o. They're about a twenty cent piece. Okay, nice, nice. The, the, yeah, just the body and the crabs are a bit longer. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. So, They're so one of the me and a mate were working on a theory that the tuskies can sometimes um, uh, react more aggressively to the bigger flies, and we, the theory is that. You know, maybe they have to because they it's a bigger crab, you know, and they they know they have to crush it if they're going to eat it, you know, if they're successfully yeah. going to eat it. So they they tend to hit at it harder, or they um, you know, I don't know if it's just just our imaginations, or but they they seem to almost you know spin on it and consider it a bit harder too. But when they commit, they really commit, you know, they they want to kill that thing. They have three or four bites at it. Yeah, so, um, you know, makes it a lot easier. Um, yeah, so have you got a have you got a fight technique that seems to work for you? Not really, just get smoked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of the, what's, some what's of the, the flat some yeah, of the bro. flats here some of the flats here that you get them up on a pretty savage savage area like a lot of um big oyster bars and the flat where they are quite shallow but the backdrop of where they live and everything there's some larger bombies and everything they can get you to. What's the what's your hook up to land ratio, you reckon? I don't know. I, I'm still yet to get a super big one. I I get dusted every time or something happens every time. I, it's like I have a bad juju's with them for some reason. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll, I'll bridge the communication here with something you guys said earlier when Volty's asking you to fish um, crabs or shrimps, right? I find that I find that interesting question because I think it's um it's a little bit nuancy in, in that, and you kind of answered it with the with the crab fly that you that you're using there, Brody. You know, like um, you know, Dill's killed crab fly. I mean, if you're you're stripping that, I'm guessing then you know you're getting their attention, like stripping it away. They're they're following it because I mean, you yeah. when I when I, I mean I'm not that experienced with crab. Like um, I I would like to do more than what I do. I should say, you know, I've done enough of it to know, and I I know that you know you can either fish it static or slow draw, or uh, but some people um will will drag it quite aggressively as well, like keep it up off the bottom as well. Is that like 
do you see what I'm saying? I guess you could say so. When Volts is fishing it like a shrimp, I've already spoken to you about it, and, and forgive me for assuming and correct me if I'm wrong, Volts, but you know, you're, you're slow, you know, slow drawing or, or teasing or let it sit still or not fishing it unlike a crab to some people as well, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be, the, it'll be the different sort of response and the same retrieve, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I like a realistic, you know, fly that will withstand scrutiny, uh, you know, close-up scrutiny. But at the same time, um, you know, I, f- I feel like um, I feel like at you know different points of the retrieve, you'll you'll manipulate the fly for to get its attention. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to put this out there because I'm all about sharing information. But I like I like to get the fish to invest some energy to come over and you know chase the fly a bit. Um, you know, at least early on in the presentation. But, you know, then then the risk is obviously the fly ends up a little bit closer to the boat. Fish can get distracted or get noticed, you know, notice the electric motor humming along or something like that. So, you know, it's a bit of a trade-off. Um, you are robbing yourself maybe of a, of a second or third presentation if you if you strip it too much. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really um, – it's like a, a, a game of chess with a punch-up at the end. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, if you're lucky enough. Would you like to comment on that remark, Brody? Um, yeah, for sure. With the like continuous stripping, I have found if you draw it like once, you find that fish that is interested and in, you've drawn it. Like if you're keeping a continuous kind of draw and is following. Mm. Um, with that interest, I feel like that most of the time when they're already following that much or that kind of aggressively, he will eat. That's yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Sort of what Volti's saying, if he starts to invest yeah. some time in it. Yeah. You know? Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can expect you can expect the tug of war. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think your chances are better, yeah. There are you know, there are yeah. a few other things you 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 know, you've gotta you gotta maintain that element of surprise. If he knows you're there, you're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. But um you know, probably won't eat. Yeah. So yeah, but I yeah. I um I haven't caught the, the WA Huskies yet. I've caught them in Northern Territory. Well, sorry. I've been on the boat and, and had a fishing lesson from the bloke I was fishing with catching them um, in the Northern Territory. But I, in, in WA, I've, I've had a cast of a couple, but I haven't, I'm yet to um, yet to play the game successfully over there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any of it over the East Coast, which I'd really like to do. I can see uh, a swap going on here. Yeah, man. The big blue, the big blue chin makes them look. Different. <laughs> yeah. It does like really electric purple and blues. They're a lot different out of the water to ours. Like ours yeah. got that greeny yellow. Yeah. And you you all seem to get that um like the bigger ones are they're, they're sort of more like a turquoisey almost emerald body, and then you get this little sort of blue flanks um in some pictures anyway. And you know yeah. you've got that yellowy chin um sort of. I think I might have said on this on the potty a couple of times. I feel like there might be like. You know, there is definitely some variation in colour from the, from the east coast ones. They seem to overlap around around Weeper, and then anywhere south and west of Weeper is, uh, you know, the yellow chins. And I guess what is near Shark Bay, they start turning into bald chins. Is that right? Yeah, like yeah. You still, you still, you still get tuskies down Shark Bay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what colour their chins are. They think they're fantastic sport fish. Eh? Hundred um, percent. They're pretty good. Do you have so any spear- Yeah, yeah. Do you get any spearheads yeah. over there? Yeah, lots. And yeah. Tusky is a massive target here. So 
Um, uh, there we is, need more sharks. There's, <laughs> there's definitely a few flats where where it backs onto is quite popular diving areas. So you you're fishing to fish to get shot at. So yeah, yeah it can it be, makes a big difference. Really eh? They yeah. they wise up you know boat traffic, dive traffic, fishing traffic. Um, they all combine. They all um, they all help educate the fish and make it harder uh, for them to catch. And you can notice definitely in areas that doesn't doesn't get any of well you know way less of all of those. They do um, a little bit more accommodating. Um, you know you might even get an easy one or a dumb one, but you know you'll pay for it later on. Come mm-hmm. back to haunt you. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Sorry, just having visions. Of my own experience listening to you guys must mm-hmm. be wonderful to have shots um anyway no look mate it's uh it does it does sound like a pretty pretty um interesting part of the world i noticed on your page you guys have got a lot of options though um like on your personal page today with that kale kale what what a rig of a fish dude What's yeah that, that's that? um we had some migratory bait come down past the cape um and yeah, um, Ben Knight was fishing out around the bait balls a fair bit, um, and he had a fly fisherman on board and came across a few, and he actually gave me the heads up. So, oh yeah, um, on the weekend, head out there and yeah, found him. Luckily enough, Is that awesome was a cut- fish, really weird. Yeah, but yeah, really strange species. That's the cove as well out there, eh? The what? Sorry, the cobia that you holding up? Oh right. yeah, yeah, they're all on the bait balls, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yep. Yeah. And and that tarum as well. Tarum. Tarum. Oh, you got. No, oh, well, you got. You said it's GT on that. there, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's a tarum, eh? Tarum or brassy? Brassy tarum, same thing, isn't it? Oh, the brassy. Nah, that was um, that was quite a while ago. Oh right. Okay. Um, yeah, we. That was still behind the reef, but we come across a ball of GTs and. That one decided to eat the fly instead, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they still go super hard, those fish, eh? Those ones? <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, so what's uh, what's your operation going to be doing? Are you going to be going out to that stuff or just mainly concentrating around? The- oh, well, obviously, it's in the name, minute Shallow Water Safaris. What a, what a silly um, question that was. I should have written that down, looked at it, gave myself a critique, and then thought about saying it, comp- but I, you know what? Just didn't work out that way. My apologies, mate. Right. Um, we we were pretty. It's all personalised charters, so whatever whatever the angler wants to do is, I'm happy. I'm just happy to be out fishing, out in the yep. boat. Um, you, so yeah, sorry. if you're interested in billfish, if you're interested in like sinking lines around bait balls, if you want to go up in surface skinning, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super cool. Like, um, you know, when you got that many options, it, it can be like a kid in a candy store. You come to town and you go, "Wow, oh, I'd love to," you know, "I love to get a spano and fly," or "I'd love to," you know, um, you know, do do the permit thing. Everyone wants to do that, no doubt. Um, yeah, so um, you know, having all those options available is fantastic, particularly in yeah. um, you know when you could get any sort of weather conditions as well. Exactly right. Yeah, you could have a day of blanket cloud and you decide to just go do something else, which is good. Yeah. There are lots of different 
different areas and different spaces gives you a lot of different options. Spe- speaking of that, you, you mentioned two two distinct areas earlier on in this conversation, um, Ningaloo and um, what do you call the other area? In, like the, the, the Gulf. The Gulf, that's it. The Gulf, yeah. Um, what's the difference between the two of those? So Ningaloo Reef is on the west side of the Cape. Yeah. Um, the reef stretches, I think it's about 260 kilometres. Um, okay. From, yeah, the tip of northwest Cape down past Coral Bay, a little bit down past Coral Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very, like, heavily, it's all reef, reef lagoons, big, long sand flats, um, like crystal clear blue water. Um, compared to the Exmouth Gulf, which is more of your um, mangrove lines, like kilometres of flats, um, very heavily tidal. Um, yeah. You, well, that's interesting you describe one as heavily tidal and one not. What's the difference in the, in the tidal movement to one side or the other? Um, so we get on the Ningaloo Reef side, um, yeah. more like ocean tides, so a metre, 1.2 is a big movement. Yeah. Like in your springs, and then springs in the Exmouth Gulf, you can get up to 2.5 on really big springs. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Does it have many? um, Does the Gulf have many um, uh, estuaries that run off it as well? For sure. Yeah. The whole, pretty well. Once you pass the airport, the whole bottom of the Gulf is all um, all mangrove lined with creeks and everything to fish. Yeah. Right, so it's just a, yeah, a big, a big uh, fertile system. Yeah. Is there anything? Go. I was just gonna say, is there anything like that close by, like within, like uh, you know, like an hour's drive or something, or is this like a? I'd imagine that would be a, a pretty um, um, like putting a chair in an empty room for fish. You know, they're gonna congregate to that that sort of area if, if they need those sort of environments to to breed or or what have you, or to or, or to hang out like a like for bait fish or whatever. Um, is there anything else like the Gulf in proximity? Um, in proximity to where? Sorry. Well, I, like, I what I mean is like it, you know, like the Gulf is what it is. Like, could you drive another yeah. hour north or south and and find a similar system? How long would it take you to get to something similar mm-hmm. to the Gulf? I'm not too sure. Like yep. the yeah, there's nothing really similar. I mean, there's still ecosystems similar to the. The Exmouth Gulf. If you if you head north, yeah. If you yeah, go okay. past Onslow and you get to kind of um, Carrara and everything, which is only five hours away, so that uh, you've got the archipelago and everything up there. Yep, that's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. so it'd be be five hours before you sort of found something similar to that, right? Um, no, you could fish out of Onslow. Right. Okay. Yeah. How far yeah. is Onslow? Got like a couple, two hours, maybe three hours. Oh yeah, gotcha. So you okay. got the um, like the Ashburton, the creek, and everything there, which is good freddy fishing and. Um, you got a fair few islands and shoals and stuff out the front. Yep. Um, yeah. Let me ask you about the activity in the in the Gulf. Then, does there is there much of a commercial fishing operation in there? Um, not really. The only like the biggest commercial operation is the Kalis Pond trawlers, which are trawling out in the middle of the in the middle of the Gulf. Oh, okay. Um, so it's just just prawns. Have, yeah, just prawns, and then we have. Mackey boats and stuff that come up out so, in the west side and come up the Cape. So no one's netting the flats. No, there's no there's no netting on the flats. No, luckily. 
Very luckily. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, there's, there couldn't be too many places in Australia that, that the nets don't their flats don't get netted. That's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, obviously very lucky with that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember you saying a while ago yours your permit and everything getting netted. Oh yeah, yep. Um, like uh, where would Harvey Bay, Bay be in in relation? We've spoken about this. Isn't Harvey Bay maybe a little bit south? Yeah. Um, if you drew a straight line between east and west coast. Yeah, Exmouth would be roughly, is, is it Mackay? near the Tropic of Capricorn? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it would be near Rockhampton, roughly speaking. If it, okay. If it's, yeah, if, if Exmouth is close, relatively speaking, to the to the, um, to the Tropic of Capricorn, and, and Brody would be able to correct me if it's, if it's just north or just south, but, you know, roughly speaking, that would be the parallel. Right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, you've got just a, not. Just not. Okay. We well, got a little. You got a place that's probably. Uh, what would you say? Three hours south of the of the tropical Capricorn. It gets. Uh, you know, it's had. I I don't have the actual figures, so I'm only hearing it from other people. But I've heard the numbers spurted around a few times. About seven ton of permit off the flats um, just last year. You know. So wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of permits. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Harvey, Harvey Bay is um, is a shell of itself, that's for sure. Uh, but that's another subject. We've got a whole special on it. If you want to go listen to that, look it up. Look up Save Our Flats. Go and check it out. Anyway, that's um, we'll, we'll steer off that political agenda for now. But, uh, yeah, you are pretty lucky to have that not, not being netted, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, very lucky. Well, the, the Ningaloo Reef's a, a national park, though, isn't it, as well? Um, not all of it. So if you head... South of Tanabiti, which is your like the major boat ramp, and where you'd leave if you wanted to go whale sharking or anything on any of the tours here. Um, anything south of there is all national park, yeah. Oh, okay, yep. Not, yeah, right, okay. Interesting, mate. Interesting place. So, mate, getting back to your operation stuff, uh, you said earlier on in the show that uh, it was you and your dad that started up. Is your dad going to be operating uh, one of the boats as well? Um, yeah. So he will be stepping in, doing a bit of the sports fishing stuff, and hopefully a bit of the fly stuff as well. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I'll be mostly doing the fly. Yeah. Does your old man think you're crazy for fly fishing, or not got no intention of oh, picking 100%. up himself? Think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. Nah, he doesn't. If we go fishing together, he just he just stands there and laughs pretty much. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing that um, that cruel sea song. Um, get a haircut and get a real job, you know. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, uh, good on you, man. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're keeping it real and chasing a dream because that that's so yeah. important in today's life. You only get this get this um, to go this way once. So yeah, yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it truly is, mate. It's very very inspiring. That's for sure. Um, are you are you uh, planning on just sticking in X Mountain? I mean, it's a bit huge area, right? I mean, it must be, must be yeah, the sort of area that you can never, never fish in a lifetime, I'd imagine, right? It is, it is definitely like that. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see the cooler stuff every day if you're out in the water every day and come across new stuff, and yeah, such a good yeah. place. Um, yeah. I, I did do a fair bit of guiding last year. Um, out pretty well directly across the gulf from town is an island called Wilderness Island. Right. Um, yep. And a guy named Jim 
um, built this awesome like eco not resort like an eco camp he's got um, like the big main cabin that's got the kitchen and bar area and like a lounging and a big deck that looks out onto the water and then he's got five like eco cabins self-sustainable cabins um, you have like it's all um, solar operated so you got a little fridge and fan and everything in your cabins but that's that's an incredible place too man like your afternoons you'd be sitting on the deck with clients or just having some beers or dinner and you can see tailing goldens and huskies and queenies can pass and feeding dugongs and incredible place what what did you say the name of the island was wilderness island i'm trying to i'm up, i i know this is real poor form but i've got google maps up while i'm talking to you I'm trying to trying to yep. find it. It's um, um south, just south of Tent and north of Burnside. Pretty well if you go straight east from the marina and down a tiny bit. I can see Tent. Oh yeah, I've got it. Yep. It's that's actually saying it's not really an island. It sounds like it looks like it's on land on mainland so, still, right? Yeah. So the maps show as still mainland because everything behind the island is all basically marshland. Oh okay. So when you, it, that, it's all floodland, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you can't, yeah, right. You can't walk to it if you wanted to. Um, no, I definitely can't walk to it. The pictures look incredible. So what? What do you have to do with that place? Did you say? Um, I was I was guiding for Jim over there um, right. last year, and we'll do a bit this year, sir. So. so it's like uh, like um, glamping, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Like yeah, almost. But you've got your own. You've got your own self-sustaining cabins there, so it's like having a, a mini oh. villa, almost. Yeah. Oh, it looks incredible, man! Looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, that looks like a great place to hang out. Like you said, just just so it's a pretty open beach, and you just well, yeah, it sounds it sounds unreal. Where's the goldies behind it, eh? In the in the in the marshy sort of areas, rather than the open bit. No, no, out in front. So it's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the in the Gulf and everything that side, there'll just be kilometers and kilometers of shallow flats. And the Wilderness Island is right in front of where you stay is all just a giant flat. Wow. So is there much, you're, much you're, structure to it? Not really, no. Nah. It's all really rubbly and flat. Right. And I know this is probably verging on proprietary information, so don't give away too much. How, how do you hunt, sort of, or how do you approach an area where there's not a lot of variation in bottom? How do I how do I do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just um, generally speaking, low, t- low tide and look for what's kind of around on the flat. Yep. And then use something that looks pretty well exactly what I think they'll be. Eating. <laughs> <laughs> look, mate, they got tails. They are where you find them, vaults. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. I get Come it. on, I swim, swim around. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just just curious. I, I love I love picking the brains of. Um, of guides and we're very fortunate we have um we've had a few on you know i love trying to let's say get in their head just to understand their thought processes look for that you know that silver bullet i can take into my own own fishing i never find it i'll just guess i'm trying to tap into the mindset but yeah it's interesting wow those flats off the northwestern side of that island looking look insane they look awesome yeah yeah it's crazy wow yeah, I shouldn't have opened this map. I'm going to be distracted. I'm going to close this right now. <laughs> I mean, you close. It's easy to like bring up Xmouth and look at a map of it and and um and not notice 
when you zoom in, just how many flats are along that that coast, and how many little tiny, uh, I don't know what you call them, estuaries. I guess you could say, like just large drains. I suppose that just drain out. Creek systems, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks insane. I've never I've never paid that much attention to it before, but uh, obviously you hear about how good how good the place is, but. I mean, it's not the sort of place I can ride to my BMX, so I don't really sort of scan in too close until now, but that looks incredible. How far along these islands? Like, I mean, I'm looking at Simpson Island now. Have you, you hit that place? Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, pretty how, well. How big... Sorry, sorry, pretty Brian. Well that yeah, right? no, yeah, pretty well that entire side from top to bottom, down the bottom and up. So... Um, I've fished over the years. Can you run from um, from uh, from the um, what would you call it? Hang on, let me expand the map out. On the on the western side of the Gulf, can you run to the eastern side? Is that is that a huge run or not worth uh, it? The the deepest, the deep like the largest run, pretty well. If you're going straight across from the marina, would be under thirty mile. Wow. Oh, okay. So yeah. that that's yeah, that's 30s, totally doable around there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. I better not. I better stop scanning before I get to the um to the east western <laughs> side of the Gulf, um of the of the, of the headland, the peninsula, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Gone. Full attention now. Oh man, it's it's pretty magic. Like, uh, been fortunate to be uh, been over there a couple of times, and you know, listening to to Brody describe, you know, effectively what his office is 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 pretty um. Pretty bloody cool. Um, did you get to Did you get to spend a bit of time in the Gulf or over the other side, kind of exploring around all these areas? Or mate, I was really fortunate. I've, I've been there twice. Once uh, with, yes. with uh, Brett Wolf, who's, who's fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, needs no introduction. Um, yep. We went chase chase bonefish. Um, the the guy, well, I did a, a shared charter, and a guy I went with. You know, before we went, we'd agreed that. We really both wanted to get an, an Aussie bonefish, um, and you know, at, at the time that was the, the most viable option um, for to catch an, a bonefish in, in Australia. And yeah, um, we, you know, we got the first one pretty much straight up, and then we spent the rest of the probably too long of the rest of the week in in marginal bonefishing conditions trying to get the other guy one. So. Um, but we did have it. We did spend a bit of time, uh, most of the time, on Ningaloo side, obviously, and, and a couple of days in the Gulf. And um, you know, Brett, Brett showed us some incredible um, fishing inside the Gulf. And, and the second time I went there was in 2016. It was um, you spoke about um, uh, Al. Oh, shit, his name just left my Al head. Donald. Al Donald. Al yeah. Donald. Yeah, Al Donald organised uh, you know a bit of a fly expo and. Um, I was lucky enough to get a run with one of the local guys, um, Scotty, um, and Scotty um, uh, he he showed us a lot. In fact, we fished a lot of the the golf that time, and mm-hmm. um, it was just incredible. Um, you know, so yeah, we had a we had a really good time, man. Um, and you know, we got across to the eastern side, which I know was what your question was, um, just once, and. Um, uh, it was a long run, and we were dodging whales at that time of year. There was a lot of humpbacks. I've never seen so many. Oh yeah, the and migratory you, season yeah. terrible oh, for running across the other side. The thing was, like you'd you'd hear them and not 
you know, not see them until he went and looked for them. Like you'd, you'd hear this boof, like an explosion, and then yeah. you'd look off in that direction and it'd be like breaching humpbacks, you know, maybe a kilometre away, but on that really calm water, it, you know, it sounded like a bomb hitting the water. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, that was a bit of a takeaway for, for us. But, yeah, that run across was really interesting. Um, yeah, Scotty showed us some um, – uh, Scott Scott Thomas showed us some um, some pretty cool things over there. Uh, we saw um, some really big bastards, some big blue bastards. Like I'm talking, mm-hmm. you know, Huge. yeah, like yeah, I didn't know they grew that big. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they, they would not eat and they would not move much either. They just go about being bastards. These were the yep. bastards that earned the name. You know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know. Tuskies in those in some of those creeks, um, you know, just just things like that. Um, there's a lifetime of exploring to be done in Exmouth and the Gulf there. And you know, if anyone's thinking about going over, and I'm just, you know I'm saying this to the listeners, you know, get someone. You know, getting a guide is so money so well spent over there. You know, because you're really tapping into that local knowledge of being in the right place at the right time. You know, doing the right things. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, great. Great time, great place. And I just want to go back when it's hotter, like, you know, because both times I've been there, it's been in, in cool conditions. And, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. Definitely kind of from September, between September, April, for sure. Yeah. Your favourite time of year, is it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, right. Brody, uh, I'm going to change direction a little bit. I noticed you've been running the, um, the TNTs um, recently, TNT rods. Uh, yeah, um, I was luckily enough to get introduced to the lads from Nervous Water, from Nick, so thank you, Nick, from Hello Backing. It's awesome for him to do that. Um, um, yeah, and kind of just started using all their stuff, and um, yeah, really impressed. It's awesome. I noticed great, that um, you recently recently got yourself one of the Exocets as well. Yeah, that rod's a beast. That's the, nice the 250 grade. Insane. I took it, but that's the rod I took bait balling. It was, I thought I was going to be a bit undergunned, but um, no, nah, it definitely did the job. Oh, that, that you took the, 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 two, the 240 grain, didn't it? Was it 240 or 250? 250 grain. 250 grain out on those bait balls. Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's like just over a six weight. What? Yeah, pretty. Just about around a nine. Oh, uh, is it is that way they word it? Is it? It's um. Yeah. Right. I think okay. so. Because I got the next. I, uh, hang Eight on, nine. Hang on. I, I'll get the next one up. I got the four fifty grain. It, um, and I mm. thought that was supposed to do a ten. Like a nine. That was a nine ten. I always thought four four fifty grain was around the like eleven. Um, 11. I'm not sure, but it's uh, definitely definitely holding its own with the nine nine line for it. Yeah right okay. Sure. I'm just gonna yeah. uh, maybe I, I read the um, I read the ad wrong, but um, um anyway but uh, yeah no mate their their weapons are rods for sure like uh um yeah to turn a two the two fifty grain rated rod to turn those um to turn those fish out there that uh, that cow that's a that, that's an impressive cow cow mate they don't get that much bit um that big very often. Yeah I've I've never really seen one I've always wanted to see one so I, I didn't really have any. I've never had a comparison, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, normally they're a, a lot smaller than that. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so they're saying the 250 is a strong eight weight. Yeah. So I get the 350, sorry. 910. Yeah. 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 So, in, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I have to, I have to check it out. But an eight weight on those, on that cow kale and that, that cobia is, um, is, it's no slouch for a rod to be able to lift those fish, that's for sure. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with the cobia, definitely. I yeah. actually got, we got one to the boat the, the day before that cobia. Um, it was a bit bigger. Unfortunately, we lost it at the side of the boat. We forgot the net. So. Uh, who forgot the net, mate? Do you want to, you want to shout them out? Uh, I'm going to say both of us, for sure. <laughs> oh, so diplomatic. We're too, yeah. too excited. <laughs> Way too excited. So let me ask you this then, Brody. So if, if you guys were both not to forget the net, would it have been both of you like, putting it in the car? <laughs> <laughs> we did the net a bit. We did the day after, yeah. Right, just both both got it from the house. Both walked it to the car. Yeah, so no, yeah, there's no one's next, fault. You're saying the very next day we did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna throw it under the bus, are you? No, nah, for sure, no way. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what we can what what avid listeners can do is just simply go to his page and look to who he tagged. Then you know. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to figure out who you know who to blame if if you know if you're that way inclined. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're not going to name anyone on the show. That would be that would be wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. There you have it. Hey, Brody. We haven't really spoke much about the uh, the front side, and by that I mean the uh, the Ningaloo side. What um, uh, do you get around there very often? Um. A little bit, not so much. I do really enjoy fishing around there. It's good to go camping. There's awesome camping spots and everything. Um, and some very agricultural um, boat, launching, boat launching areas down in the National Park. Um, so you can kind of get away from Tanabiti if you've got smaller boats. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's, it's in, the, in the warmer months, it's um, great, great sight fishing, especially for, like, G's and stuff like that. Um, on some of the flats, are they um, are the G's? Uh, do they eat pretty readily, or are they big pussy cats? Ah, uh, yeah, they're they're really they can be real flighty. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they're not they get big for a reason. Yeah, and we we kind of don't have that in between range. You come across either little ones or really big ones. We don't get. Like that 10, 10 to twelve kilo range a lot on the flats. Mm. You know what? That that's an amazing yeah. observation. You see you see yeah. that a fair bit over here. You, I'm not saying we don't see them, but you know, like yeah. you're, you're more likely to see a big one or like a you know 40, 50, 60, something like that. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know where they go in between. Nah. Yeah. Ne- neither. Must go somewhere else or deeper or. Mm. Very nice. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I think that's fair enough to say. Maybe they're anadromous. Hey, <laughs> 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 Brody, everyone loves getting in a punch-up with a Spango, and um, that's probably one of the most Spango-ridden places on the earth, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. There's yeah, some um, 
like great, great spots, great flats and stuff for spangos. Especially in shallow, they come up and tail, or you'll see like great schools and everything. Especially um, like recently, all the turtles are hatching, so you get a fair bit of good spango action. Well, the spangos are eating baby turtles. Yeah. Oh mate, you you got to you got to you got to tie a turtle fly. That sounds. I actually have one, and I don't want to take it to the beach and cast it. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's just for people walking up and down the beach during turtle hatching season, and you have a baby turtle tied to the end of a fishing rod. Just like kind of throwing that around and uh-huh. have the possibility to upset someone, which. Could be kind of funny, but yeah. yeah. I'm going to plant the flag here. I reckon uh, if we knew someone handy who was at, you know, handy at 3D printing legs, maybe a, a turtle carapace or something like that, it'd be pretty good, eh? Yeah, mate, yeah. I guess. It's, uh, or we could just build one out of deer hair easily enough. No problem. Yeah. Or why don't you just um, get a plugger, just cut that thing up, and just tie some uh, spinnerbait blades off four corners. Damn it. Yeah, Happy days. Good. Yeah. There's no need to overcomplicate these things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it done yeah. as simple as we can. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, um, look, um, I think we've learned, learned a lot from you, Brody. I think we've learned that, um, A, you won't throw your mates under the bus when they've forgotten the net. B, <laughs> You're sensitive to people around turtle hatching time. Um, and um, and see, um, you like kale cows, right? Yeah, go hard. Yeah. I go so hard. I agree. That's, I think they're an easy fish to like. Uh, mate, is there is there anything that we um, we haven't mentioned about Exmouth that you think that the listeners might want to learn about if they're deciding on a place to go? Um, not really. Like, if if you're interested in like an amazing flats fishery, definitely have this on your bucket list. Um, any like you can come across so many different fish on one flat. It's insane on the okay. right day. Um, I've, like you can see weird stuff. You can have longies like long tail tuna and. Spanish mackerel and meter of water over a flat that you're fishing to for a tusky or a permit. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Life wouldn't get much better than that, hey. There's a tusky, there's a tuna, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's pretty interesting, mate. It really, really is. That's for sure. Uh, I think it's um, it's probably one of the most diverse places in in the country. Well, truly, uh, it seems seems to be on the world map. As well, you get. Um, I see you were fishing with a couple of international dudes from um, uh, BTT, right? America, yeah, yeah, they were really cool dudes. Yeah, um, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed fishing them for a week. Of, um, just getting to hear about all the amazing stuff they're doing with BTT and um, all the mangrove um, rehabilitation and stuff they're doing in the Bahamas. Is yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we, we've had, we've had uh, one of the dudes from BDT lined up for ages now. We just can't seem to 
you know, we get time. The dude's gone away. We they get we get yeah. He gets time. One of us is away, or it's Christmas or something. It's just yeah. a fantastic operation. We we're still going to make try and make that happen. But yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing what those guys are doing. Hey, yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yep, certainly is. Well, Brody, mate, I want to say um, I want to say thanks for your time, mate. We're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna get you out of here, um, and um, mate. Yeah, what more can I say? Fantastic to have you on the show and learn a bit more about yourself. Yeah, yeah, mate. More than welcome, mate. Mate, um, once you get one of those spangos on a turtle fly, mate, we'll get you back on and tell us all all about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to hear about how how the Karens on the beach dealt with the confronting situation. Yeah. And um and how and how you managed to swing it past them. So yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, sounds good, man. Yeah, all right. That's that's a date. <laughs> all right, Brody. Well, thanks again, man. We'll let you go, and we'll um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. No worries. Good to have a chat. Thanks, thanks for man. coming on, mate. See ya. Yes. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Fast Sinking Line or the Already Sunk Line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been sinking from the start. We should call the intro the floating line, right? (laughs) The interview, the intermediate line, and the outro of the Fast Sink Line. Yeah, and and that's by no means we're not talking about the the guest, because guest was fantastic. Just talking about the enthusiasm level that's close to midnight where we are. We're talking about a a triple density compensated podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) The I-35. Brody Sutton is, you know, he's living... He is, yeah, he's living our, he's living our dream, mate. He's, um, he's, uh, he's a saltwater fly fishing guide in a super cool fish rich area. Um, and I'm re- I was really keen to to chat to him. You know, he sort of come onto the scene on Instagram. Uh, that's how I became aware of him. And I thought, man, this this guy is um, he's going to be one to watch. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool to talk to him, mate. Eh? That's all we've done. We've made an intermediate line prediction. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting him on. He's yeah. definitely going to be one to watch for sure. I mean, he's catching some great fish. He's ultra keen. He's always he, you know seems to be always out in the water whether he's working or fishing. Um. Yeah, remind remind reminds me a little bit of um of Kurt Rollins a little bit actually, like as far as the the age and the keenness, I guess you could say, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, um, there you have it. We presented well. <laughs> he um he he's got something that you can't really fake, and that's like natural fishiness. Like you can tell from his photos that he's you know he's always finding fish. Um, you know, so that. That's um, that's pretty cool, and I'm sure his clients will definitely enjoy that natural fishiness as well. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. It, listeners will be keen to know that it's almost midnight for when we're recording right now because of the time difference between Queensland and Western Australia. Uh, yeah. So we're doing well. We're doing well, Bolts. Plus, we're old farts. I'm, I'm like, I got half an energy drink down a couple of hours ago. I don't think I'll fall asleep very easily, but I also don't think I'll function at my best. 
So. I try to try to push it to the limit for that reason. That after this, I want to just go into a log-like coma um, straight after the podcast. I'll um, I'll go and wind down. We maybe get through ten minutes of curb your enthusiasm, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I'll, you know I'll just um, wake up in the morning from there. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's a plan. Have a sleep in, mate. You deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> Every day is a sleeping when you own a fly shop, mate. It's, it's either it's either sleeping in, hanging out at the beach, um, down the local pub, drinking mocktails, you name it. And that, and then and then I'll go fishing around there sometime as well. I do about <laughs> half an hour of work a day. It's pretty good. <laughs> Don't you hate your job when you hear that? How good it is to own a fly shop. Yeah, man. Yeah, so good. Such yeah, a little amount stressful. of work for such a bulk amount of money. Yeah, sounds stress-free too. Oh, it's so, so stress-free. It's fantastic. Fishing such, all the time. Such all a chill dude too, man. You know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I haven't been fishing all February. It's been that busy, that work from just, just hanging out at the pub and sleeping in and stuff. Um, and, and March is looking much the same. March the same. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, we live and we learn, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Valti. Yeah. Did you have a great time tonight? I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic, mate. Did I you? Really, it, sorry? What's that, mate? Did, did you? I'm not sure how to answer. I'm not used to people asking me that. Um, I guess. Is that, that normal? What normal people say? Yeah. If, if Yeah, that's, that's a platitude. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I had I had a fantastic time. Thanks for asking. No problem. Yeah, there's no problem there at all, mate. No problem to you too. Hey. Thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely welcome. I think um, I think we're very good at being cordial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, look, I really um, I'm really just going to be banging on with just nothing but BS right now. I reckon we just get to the outro song and just um. You know, and I can get to curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> I know you choose the music, so choose a good one, all right? You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I got the song I'm playing, I, I've been listening to it on the radio, and I really like it. Uh, it's not my usual style. I hope you like it too. It's not Coldplay again, is it? Uh, mate, we've got totally different ideas of radio stations, you and I. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you want to listen to a good radio station? Tune into Four Triple Z, the Brisbane community station. You can listen online, the Wicked Station. I really like it. Heaps of Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaur, not the band. God, an ed- educational station. Can you put some Primus on for Josh? <laughs> I played Primus on the show before. Yeah, I know, but he wants more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Josh the fisherman. <laughs> Alright man, we'll catch you later. Right, see you later, mate. See you later.